11 minutes it is after 8 p.m. It's our Tech Conversations, and uh, we get straight into it. I'm joined on the line by uh, the founder of uh, BusyMed, and this is a, uh, a platform that allows uh, pharmacies to provide real-time stock information, access performance, and all manner of other things while delivering product and medication to their uh, clients, uh, all in the comfort of their home. And I'm joined by the founder on the line, and uh, I think he's joining us from Nelson Mandela Bay. Mpati Jezile is his name. Mpati Thank you so much for having me on your on your platform and hi to your viewers. Yeah, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us. Uh, let's maybe take a step back here. I mean, you founded this platform in April uh, and I often ask this question of all founders. Uh, you know, what what is the impulse uh, that triggered, I guess, the genesis or the start of BusyMed? Uh, there's always, I guess, a fascinating story behind that that I guess is as fascinating as the journey taken to a funding round like the one uh, that uh, you're part of now. No, definitely. And I think for a lot of founders, it's always based on a need. And mine was uh, very simple. Like I'd moved to Port Elizabeth a couple of years ago mm. with a two-year-old and uh, she got sick and not knowing the city, not knowing where to go, who's open, it was a late night on a Saturday, we found ourselves driving around town trying to find a pharmacy that was going to help us. And I think the interesting thing when you have children is you start to realize just how sick uh, they can get. You know, so the next time it happened or where the need started to stress itself a bit more, she got sick again. And we found we went to a doctor, we got a prescription, and we found out that uh, the doctor had overdosed mm. on the prescription. And the pharmacist was the one who told us that the dose is too high, recommended us lowering it. And, and from there, we just figured, you know what, this is a good time to, if I were to invest myself in trying to make a change or a difference through business, I'd want it to be in something that impacts a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. who are in a similar situation like myself. And that's when I started to concentrate on how do we build BusyMed uh, in order for consumers or the public to be able to access the healthcare services and expertise mm-hmm. from their own communities. Yeah. So, so from idea and I guess from need, uh, as you rightfully say, uh, what then became the process and the journey to get the thing up? Uh, and running uh, enough for you to be able to at least take something to the market and communicate something to the marketplace? Yeah, I think starting a business is not easy uh, across the board. And um, one of the biggest challenges I found when I had the idea is I lacked the expertise or access to the expertise I'd need, as well as the funding. So I had to do what most entrepreneurs end up doing, which is figuring things out as we go. So I sold my car, one of the kids, uh, in order to finance the first version of the platform. And then from there, we started to run a test. We gave it to a handful of pharmacies and said, hey, would you guys be willing to try this out? It will allow customers to find you digitally, place orders and communicate with you, and we'll assist you with the deliveries. And I think the pharmacies were under the impression at that time that we, you know, we were this big company that was coming in to assist them, but it was just me. So every order that was coming in, you know, whether it be early morning or late night, I'd jump into, uh, I'd borrow either my, my landlord's car or if mm. I had a car on hand, go pick it up, take it to a customer Monday to Sunday, just to prove the concept, to see 
does this actually work and is it something that people would need? Yeah. And gratefully so, within that time, we were able to fulfill 432 different orders. Uh, we ran the test from April to October. We were able to assist in a number of uh, about 129 deliveries and we were able to show the pharmacies that there is an opportunity in digital and to also create this convenient access to healthcare for consumers. Mm-hmm. So people who are sick or bedridden or are too far away to access their local pharmacy could do it from home on their computer and at the time they could even call us and say you know I need a Panado and some Aquas cream and we're like okay cool we'll get it for you and we we were able to sort that out. Mm-hmm. Do you have a team around you? Do you have another co-founder or is it just yourself? Well it's, it's, it's just myself. I do have a team so I must say that I, I don't think I'd be able to do a lot of this without the people that are involved. So since during that test and after, uh, I was able to gravitate towards certain people that shared the same vision mm-hmm. and were able to help me in, in advertising, uh, you know, building networks and finding people is obviously important in, in the startup game. So there were also people who were at a senior level that were able to advise, advise me. And I think that's when mm-hmm. Lion Pride really entered and were able to make a yeah. big difference in, into how we, we put our business model together. Mm. Well, certainly get back to, uh, um, I guess, Lion Pride and, uh, you know, the role now. Uh, talk to me about some of the partnerships. I mean, I'm quite interested in uh, uh, the one that you had with the uh, delivery platform Order In and, uh, you know, a ride hailing app Bolt as well, assisting you there to uh, carry out those delivery. What goes in uh, to, uh, you know, a partnership like that for some of our listeners uh, who uh, are making a foray into the space and, uh, you know, might want uh, some very practical advice and wisdom around how you would go about setting a partnership like this? Well, the partnership with those two companies is relatively new, Mm. and uh, it basically came from necessity. We got requests from pharmacies across the country that were interested in being part of this platform, but there was no way I'd be able to build a delivery network by myself, nor was it the core of my business um, in in, in terms of what was important for us to, to invest a lot of time and money. So I was able to get in touch with the with the founders uh, as well as the the management team for Bolt and and Order In, who were able to say, hey, you know, we're available to assist you in the last mile delivery. They've got an impeccable track record, so it was easier for us to make that partnership happen, knowing that the customer, the end user, will be able to have um, access uh, to that medication to home securely by an experienced uh, company. And it also came from the need from pharmacies because unfortunately there's a huge amount of pharmacies around the country who can't afford to establish a delivery network um, in order to to cater to their community. So this partnership allows their infrastructure to be accessible by all these businesses and through that accessible to all these communities. Um, so it was just reaching out, and I use LinkedIn a lot, reaching mm. out, asking, I need some help. Can you guys help? Can we put something together? And, and then taking it from there. Yeah, yeah. And it's quite interesting. I mean, you mentioned that because uh, one would think that those partnerships uh, and being able to, to strike those up as recent as they might be, that, uh, you know, that is also, uh, I guess, you know, uh, um, made you, a prospect for suitors like uh, the Lion Pride Agility Fund uh, and people who really, I guess, see the model and the ability to scale on the back of these partnerships uh, as something that they wanted to be part of. No, yes, I, I definitely agree. I think uh, as, a, as a startup, it's, it's a necessity to be resourceful. You know, just because you have certain limitations, whether it be because of your, your expertise or your pocket 
doesn't mean that there aren't you know a, a huge amount of people out there who have figured a lot of these things out who aren't willing to help you so you know as tech startups we've always got to be figuring out well if i as if we as busy med can't afford to buy 10,000 bikes employ 10,000 drivers around the country who can we speak to who is making waves who's small enough that they can actually have a conversation one on one and you know not have to go through unnecessary bureaucracy and who really sees the value of what we're trying to do within the communities that we're trying to serve mm-hmm. and uh, i must say that uh, you know out of the many that we spoke to the ones that really stuck out and were keen to assist us were those two companies ordering and bolt and uh, we're we're excited that they they're assisting us in getting these products that consumers do need mm-hmm. uh, to their homes, to these areas that might be isolated yeah, let's talk as about fast this, as possible. Let's talk about this funding round. I mean, a lot of people go to financiers because they're looking to expand and to scale uh, and to potentially maybe uh, acquire other entities or pivot or go elsewhere in the business. Uh, now, we know you can't disclose how much of an investment you got from Agility here, but uh, I guess we can ask you uh, what that money will be used for and more importantly, how that fits into some of your longer plans and designs. Oh, great. Um, yes, so... You know, when Lion Pride came into the mix, like you said, they just noticed the potential of what we can do at scale. And that's what a lot of companies end up looking for. It's not a business that you can just run within your community, but a business that can serve as many different people in as many different regions and countries as possible. So what this funding basically allowed us to do was to chase that vision. Uh, The first part of which is to uh, complete the development of our market-ready product. The, The test the first initial phase product that we launched in April of last year, you know, was riddled with bugs, had a lot of mistakes, but it was good enough for us to see whether the need exists. Now we need to make sure that the technology that we're going to put out there abides by the minimum standards of care as set out by, you know, the pharmacy council and all these different organizations. So uh, over the next six to eight weeks, uh, we'll be wrapping that up and we'll be able to release the app to the public And then from there, the other part of the funding is, you know, it allows us to have access to the skill sets that we're going to need to market, to to advertise, to promote, to assist, to find good and smart, experienced, talented people who would be able to come in and add value to to the mission that we're on. And, um, you know, very few financiers in South Africa specifically are willing to take the risk on a startup that Mm. doesn't have everything figured figured out. And I was just grateful that Lion Pride were those people that were willing to say, hey, let's give this a chance uh, and helped us put together a model that would work, that would scale that could be stable um, and and take that risk with us. Let's talk about the role of data in your model. Um, Because I think, I mean, for me, what's quite interesting is, you know, the uh, path of our activities, uh, the kind of medication people demand and the one dropped off in their homes. That all leaves a path of data or a path of, uh, you know, behavioral insights that um, could potentially be of benefit to an organization like yourselves. Um, And I'm quite interested in how you see that particular aspect uh, of the uh, tie-up that you now have with, um, uh, with uh, you know, Lion Pride Agility Fund um, and how, I guess, that also might be able to help some of your other partners, the pharmacies themselves, uh, and even some of the other distribution partners you've worked with. Awesome. Um, yes, data is one of the key uh, focuses for us as a company to make sure that uh, it's, it's secured and we use it wisely, uh, especially in the realm of healthcare, uh, accurate um, well-structured data could mean the difference between, you know, 
life and death, uh, depending on who you're giving that information to. And we've made it a mission that for every user that comes onto our platform, you know, every end customer or pharmacy that puts their business up there, that data is used, developed, and communicated in order to improve and enhance the quality of the service. So you don't now, sell it? You don't, you don't make money? No. It's not a revenue line you consider it? No. And the reason why is just from personal experience, you know, as a, as a young guy who got into debt, I know what it's like to have people calling you that you, yeah. you can't even remember sharing your data with. Yeah. And that's just as simple as from like a cell phone contract. With your healthcare data, which is a lot more sensitive, you do not want that stuff to be in the wrong hands. Mm, you don't want so, pharmaceutical companies calling you now and saying, hey, we know you get your subscription from so-and-so, but we can give it to you as well. A hundred percent, and you don't want to have you don't want to have medical schemes putting people under pressure because they know exactly what you're doing, where where you live, mm. who you're buying from, how you're you know misusing. This is people's data. You know, if I purchase a, a prescription through this platform, that's between me and the pharmacy. If the pharmacy needs to tell me anything mm. in terms of how I can save money, then that information should only be accessible yeah. to him. If I'm mm. curious about where I could find or access services and share my data mm. with a medical practitioner who might be able to assist me better, that should be in my yeah. control, yeah. not in the hands of third parties that you know will then find a way to profit off yeah. it. So as a core principle, whether it be in our terms of service, whether it be how we market ourselves to pharmacies and to customers data is in the hands of those users if you choose to share it that is your choice but we will never find ourselves you know trying to make a rand off yes. your id number there's no need Mbati, i find, uh, I find what you're saying quite interesting uh, and i must also say further say that uh, i perhaps think it's also quite progressive uh, and uh, it makes me ask i guess a, a political question which is you know, as you go to the marketplace and as you, uh, you know, give more equity to other people who are outside of the founding journey, you know, how long can you stick to that principle? I mean, if, if the uh, sort of uh, uh, challenges and even the, uh, I guess, push from other investors, it might be a, it might be not necessarily Lion Pride now. You might have a VC uh, coming through and maybe taking a, a, a much bigger stake and leaving a bigger stake outside of Mpati, uh, you know, the founder. Uh, you know, are you still going to entrench that? And what, what what is your view on the prospects of being able to still hold that uh, principled and very progressive line? You know, the the um, for for most businesses and for most startups, we always get taught that the first thing that you should always you should also you should always start your business on is figuring out what your vision and your mission is. Mm. What's the important thing to you that keeps you wanting to do this thing? And for us, is to serve the communities that we live in to the communities that we grew up in. And one of the things that we know has not has never served a community is to have your data shared for other corporations to illicitly, you know, try get money out of you or sell you products or call you uh, for things that you never even signed up for in the past. And irrespective, uh, we have received offers in the past for investment uh, with organizations that we... For myself personally, I wasn't very comfortable with because I just felt like our intentions didn't align. Mm. So that is something for me, it's, it's just very important. It's very important to know when to walk away from money mm. if it's going to hurt the mission and the vision that you're on. Because 
at the end of the day, whatever business you start, you need to understand you're married to it. And you can't be married to sort something that's going, you know, in the opposite direction of what you hoped for. So with us, regardless of the money that's coming, and yes, you're right, we are we'll probably will have to eventually raise funding from people that might not agree with us. But then it will be important for us as a team to say, well, if they don't agree and they, they don't agree with us on fundamental principles, mm. then it's wise to walk away because there's no shortage of money. The difficulty sure, sure. is finding the people, but there's no shortage. So if somebody doesn't align with us, it's, it's a no-brainer to rather just walk away and go figure it out and take more time and find the next person who will align with us. Thank you very much, my brother, for taking time out to speak to us and uh, also, I guess, reinforcing a very principled and progressive line when it comes uh, to the use of uh, the data of many of the people who rely on you uh, to receive uh, their medication. And uh, wish you and uh, the team at BusyMed and uh, your investors here, the Lion Pride Agility Fund, all the best. And uh, we'll certainly be watching your progress quite closely. No, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And if anyone needs any more information on our service and when it will be launching in your areas, please visit busymed.co.za and you're more than welcome to, to keep track of what we're doing and uh, sign up to be notified uh, as soon as we, we open up in your region. Awesome stuff. That there's Thanks, Bud. That is Mpati Jezile. He's the founder of BusyMed uh, based out in Nelson Mandela Bay. They deliver uh, uh, chronic medication and uh, are working alongside the pharmacies and the likes of Ordain and Bolt uh, to uh, your doorstep. And uh, certainly, of course, in the process, uh, uh, emerging with fascinating insights uh, that can uh, only go further to strengthen uh, the process. But I'm certainly really impressed by his remarks on uh, this question of monetizing uh, uh, that uh, data and uh, making revenue from that. It's certainly a refreshing view that says we're only going to use it to improve the offering to our clients and not necessarily make uh, uh, money or make rands off of your ID numbers. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. And if you missed that, you can catch it on metrofm.co.za and catch all of our podcasts there. And uh, that was our tech conversations. In the next few minutes or so, we check out what's happening in your corner, in your street, in your community. And then thereafter, we catch up with uh, the Deputy Minister in the uh, Department of Higher Education, Science and Innovation. And that is Putimana Mela. Talking to him about what's going to happen in TVET colleges, in universities and in the higher education and training sector.